Welcome back in Wyoming knuckleheads. This is another episode of Go BYO. I'm your host, Aaron, and I've got Zach Gale with me. Hello. What's going on, brother? Not much, man. I'm enjoying, uh, well, trying to enjoy it. The weather's not very nice this week. It's been, so. been very bipolar. Yeah. But uh, hopefully yeah. this weekend, fingers crossed, yeah, it'll open. be nice. I'm open. Um, but uh, it is April 23rd. Yep. Um, our main stories today that we're going to cover, um, well, first and foremost, I should say this, as we are recording this, our interview with Sheridan Wild Rodeo Queen, uh, Shayla Connor is coming out. So be on the lookout for that. So if you're listening yeah. to this episode of Go Be Wild, go a couple episodes before and you'll see Shayla Connor. Um, and then uh, also, you, if you're listening to this on Saturday, you're probably too late, but get down to the Wild Theater in person. The the rodeo tickets are on sale here That's in Sheridan. Right. So, um, and then other than that, you know, we've got some local news, state news, but I just want to make those announcements first, Zach, uh, before we jump into some other stuff. Um, before we jump into some local news, want to cover one of our big partners, uh, DYT Solutions. If you are a company or brand, um, you know, that's an individual brand or you've got a company, you know, branding that you need help with, go to their website at dytsolutionswy.com. They can help you out with business cards, logo, videos, sh- social media, any, in, you know, and really kind of like just ideas. Like what are you, what are you doing for your campaign? So make sure you go to their website, dytsolutionswy.com. Um, first and foremost, Zach, I, I want to try a new thing. I was doing, um, actually speaking of DYT, I was giving DYT kind of like, uh, um, cowboy minutes or whatever. Um, I think some people liked them. I don't know. Um, people hearing me talk, but, uh, (laughs) so we're going to start a segment here, Zach, where you and I talk on, uh, what we believe to be cowboy ethics, you know, something about like the code of the West, you know, the cowboy code, you know, whatever you want to call it. So, um, cowboy ethics, I do want to do this cause I, we have it and I'm always going to use it. (laughs) So is the black mountain from hot gazpacho. Here we go. So uh, we'll kind of just have that down at the at the bottom here while we're doing it. Nice. Um, keep these under like five minutes. Sure. Um, but today, um, this one really speaks to me, Zach, especially with um, getting back into personal training. Yeah. Is stay true to who you are. You know, don't try and be something you're not. I think that's a hard thing for a lot of people to do. Yeah. Um, especially like in business when they're trying, you're trying to start your own business. Or just, I don't, just, you know, trying to find your way. Right. Um, you know, don't pretend, you know, own up to what you are. Um, you know, and uh, I found that was one of the biggest advices I got into Landman, you know, is, um, you know, don't lie to these ranchers because they're going to know. Like, yeah. they, you know, they, they can tell a bullshitter, you know, a mile away. So right. um, that's kind of what I had on my mind. Zach, what, what kind of makes, what does that make you think about, you know, kind of stay true to who you are? Yeah, I think, you know, you have in here too, what, you know, like what's your purpose or don't be a pretender, uh, that kind of that work ethic, you know, going, going out and working every day and, and putting your best foot forward every day, trying to be the best that you can be. Um, I think that's kind of the culture that you and I are from, you know, growing up here in Sheridan, growing up here in Wyoming and, and playing football here as well is, is that let's go and get better every day. We've talked about it before going and, and helping other people get better too. Um, getting better together, I think is, um, is a good way to, to look at that as mm-hmm. a good, you know, hard work, but let's, let's go and get, get to yeah. work. Um, you know, I was thinking today, I, I'm trying to finish up my, my, um, 
uh, research project for graduation. Sure. You know, and I got some feedback and today there's a due date and I was like two points short of, of being, you know, where I need to be. Uh, and so like uh, out of 50 points, I had a 48, right? And I was thinking this morning, I was like, you know what? I'm good with 48. I'm going to graduate. I'm going to be good. And then, you know, I started thinking more. I was like, no, those two things that they want are super easy. So like, I can do that. I'll knock it out in 20 minutes. I'll get a hundred percent and then I'll feel even better when I go and graduate. Mm-hmm. And so I did it. I, you know, you could have let those two points slide and still graduate, still been just fine. Still been, you know, flying, but it's like, no, you know what? I'm going to do it right. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to get it done. And, uh, I, I need to start having that mentality towards other things, like getting back in shape. I need to, like, <laughs> Hey, I need to go and do it. I need to get it done. Um, and I'm going to, I, I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. So, Hey, well, and what you hit on too was helping others. And, and a part of this ethic is, Hey, you got to ask for help sometimes and that's okay. Yeah. You know, that's, that's part of it. Like, don't pretend that you know it all. Cause you right. don't, right. you know, don't, don't, um, don't have that attitude. Right. And I think, um, you know, you and I are reading, um, kind of try and keep this short, but we are reading where the rivers run North and I'm mm-hmm. getting to the part about kind of the end of, of Noel Wall, Noel Wallop's life. He exhibit, he exhibited this a lot where, Hey, he never pretended who he was. Yeah. And he just worked his tail off. And that was like one of his biggest legacies really as we're, as I'm finishing up kind of that part of the book that's by Sam Morton. But, um, that was well said. Yeah. Like it's always, it's very easy to be like, you know what? That's good enough. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, stay true to who you are, work your ass off and and hard work will overcome a lot of things. Oh yeah. So it always pays off. So, um, I like this. I think I kind of love uh, Black Mountain yeah. by by Hot Gaspacho going on in the background. <laughs> so that's our cowboy ethics. So every time, I don't know if we'll do this every give no ground, but we'll do this, you know, maybe every week. Yeah. Uh, so Zach and I can kind of prepare. So that was your cowboy ethics there um, of part of the show. So Zach, let's cover some local news. Um, first and foremost, one thing we didn't mention at the top of the show is the Sheridan home show is going on this weekend. So if if you're listening to this over uh, the 24th and 25th, go to the holiday Inn, go support those local businesses. Um, they, they didn't have the show last year. Um, this one was a little bit late and I'm glad they waited to kind of get the, the, um, the requirements open. So definitely go down to the home show. And, and support your businesses. Um, there's always some great prizes too. So just go cause you might win something. So yeah, yeah. no, there's great people. I think one of our sponsors, uh, Sheridan County title is going to be yes. there. So go, go and check them out as well. Get to know them. Um, yeah, go get out, go out and do something. Yeah. It's going to be nice. Yeah. Hopefully. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's going on, um, next week, April 30th, that's a Friday. So any high school kids listening to this, there is going to be the inaugural pre-prom cornhole classic, yeah. um, at the high school and the gyms, um, go be will be there. Hopefully we're going to do some sort of like, uh, ESPN Ocho, you know, <laughs> some live, some live, uh, reaction and some live reporting on some cornhole action. There we go. Um, but it, this one's a great, um, event because they're trying to get high school kids involved in provision funds act. Yep. So I'm ex- super excited about that. Yeah. Um, and we will have some of their, uh, high school stewards in on the show. So perfect. That'll be awesome. Um, also as well, we are releasing wild candle companies interview. Um, that's only going to be audio only. Uh, but they did want us to mention here. And then on the episode, um, 
they did their artist competition. And so they're going to do an artist reception at their store May 1st. So 1 PM to 5 PM. So cool. Um, shout out to those guys, yeah. uh, Megan and Dwight. The, that was a blast Zach. It was a fun interview. Uh, so they're, make, they're super nice people. Yeah. So, yeah. um, definitely listen to that. Cause it's not going to be on, on YouTube or anything like that. Right. So, yep. um, all right. So some news, news, that was kind of a lot of like, felt like, uh, announcements or radio. Yeah. yeah like yeah. the morning <laughs> announcements. Um, I shouldn't, we're not the radio, so sorry. Uh, okay. Zach, so you learned a little bit about this. Um, yes. and there's been multiple articles this week about it. Um, so the Wyo theater, we talked last week about, they got, they got approved to get a new sign yep. and they had three variances that got approved by the council and the mayor because, uh, mayor, mayor Bridger, yeah. Yep. Sorry. Mayor Bridger had, had to weigh in. So yeah. what were those variances, Zach? Um, and, and yeah. Yeah. Well, so I think to back up just a little bit, you and I had a question of, well, why did the wild had to have to go to the city for this? And it's cause there's a city ordinance on signs and, and signage and whatever. So that was the, the first reason. Um, also they received three variances to that ordinance. So number one, the lights on this sign will be on after 9 p.m. Um, uh, oh gosh, where were the other ones? I think I texted them to you, but basically here's the other thing. It's not, um, it's the marquee. The marquee is going to be a digital marquee. That's really the sign that's changing. It's not the lights going up the spell Y O, you know, the Y O. Okay. Um, it's just the marquee. So a digital marquee. Yeah. Okay. So, and you know, instead of somebody having to go up there and put all the letters in, they can just type it in and enter it in and it'll be there. So it'll just kind of boom, show up like that. Um, probably safer. It's safe. Imagine. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to get out there in the middle of the day and try and stick those in there while cars are racing past you or trying to park there, you know, so it's, it's safer. Um, and they, they get that variant so that the lights stay on, uh, for, you know, a longer period of time. Sometimes sure. the shows run past, you know, whatever. Absolutely. Um, so the other thing though, the YO had the chance to do this a year ago, two years ago, something like that. Uh, and they passed on the opportunity. Uh, the council was ready, primed and ready to, to approve it. They had a ton of local community support and then they passed on it. Um, and so now we've got a new group of, of city councilors, people who are new to the council. They've never served on the council before. Right, right. They don't know what this is or what the, the ordinance is necessarily um, and who maybe disapprove of it. So, you know, I don't know why they decided to pull the plug two years ago or a year ago on this sign when they had the support. Um, but either way, they're getting the new sign. It's it's going to be cool. It's going to be an upgrade uh, to downtown uh, and to the YO. So, uh, yeah. No, that's great. And I, that, I think that explains it a lot, right? Because I think if someone if someone's just making assumptions, right? Like, Oh, they're doing the whole thing. And Oh, they gave them after nine o'clock. Right. You know, it's like, well, hold on. There's, there's some different things here that they considered. Yeah. Um, my biggest thing, Zach, and this will be interesting to see from other businesses on main street, will the city give them the same variances, right? So if somebody comes with similar changes to their sign, but then the city's like, eh, no, that's where I have a problem where it's like, okay, so why does the wild theater get special treatment? I understand that they came two years ago. Right. But you know, if it's exactly say, say like the mint, they're not changing their horse one, but say they want to do a little marquee on theirs. Sure. You know that? So I'm like, so that's yeah. my, or only what about the movie theater? The right. movie theater's got mm -hmm. a mark an old style mm -hmm. marquee. What if they want to do that? What if black tooth wants, you know, so it's like, yeah, there's a slippery slope here when, 
if you're giving special treatment to somebody and that's what I want to see, cause it was a very tight vote. So yeah. now I'm like, well, okay. And, and actually friend of the show, but it's like, you know, mayor Bridger voted. So it's like, okay, well you better be voting better the same. Be consistent. Yeah. You better be consistent. That's all I got to say on it. Yeah. But it will be good for the wild theater. I think that's a smart move. It just makes sense. They're doing a lot of shows there, you, you know? Um, right. Right. It, it just makes sense. So, and it's yeah. not like it's a big neon thing that you're going to see from space. Right. You know? It's not going to be that obtrusive. And I mean, how many people actually live downtown anyways right. that that would bother? Yep. You exactly. Know? I mean, there's some people, but mm -hmm. anyway. Yep. What's the movie where he's lighting up his house? Is that uh, um, Christmas Vacation? Yeah, 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 where he shines. Yeah, and I yeah. was thinking of the, uh, <laughs> there's a Seinfeld episode where the chicken place across the street has this bright red yeah, neon yeah. light sign <laughs> and uh, Kramer can't stand it, Goes makes Kramer go crazier than usual. Yeah. And then Jerry and Kramer switch apartments and then Jerry ends up acting like Kramer. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a great episode. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to tell our young listeners what Seinfeld is. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, last one here. This one's super interesting, Zach. Let me know if you can't pull these these links up to the state lands board because um, I want you to look at the map. Okay. So this was sent from us by Tom Hurley of the Wyoming Bowhunters Association. Um, Columbus Peak Ranch is a ranch outside Dayton, Ranchester. They have a proposed land swap with the state. Um, that's kind of, I mean, that's the basis of it. So just for anyone that needs to understand this process. So the landowner can propose this to the state lands board. Okay. Then the board has to look at it and then review it and then approve it or disapprove it. Okay. Yep. There's a lot of things they have to look for, right? Big one is, you know, what's the acreage, you know, is it the same acreage or not? And then is it the same wildlife? Okay. Right. Cause we can't just, you know, if I had land here in Sheridan, I can't swap it with land in Gillette, you know, that doesn't make sense. Right. Um, and then, so, you know, acreage size, um, what kind of wildlife is it, biology, habitat, and then value, right? What is the state land value? And then compared to what can the deeded land that we're swapping, how much can that add value okay, yep. to the state? Um, the biggest thing on this one is the state would lose a lot of money. That's the first thing, like almost over a million dollars mm -hmm. in valuation, um, I think, um, if I, if I did my math, right, the state loses about a hundred acres. So they're losing money and acres. And then, uh, Zach, if you scroll all the way down to the application from Columbus peak ranch, the Columbus peak ranch, the, the 600 they're trying to take from the state, then they enclose a big hunting area. Yeah. Um, land trades I think can be good, right? If it makes sense, like if there's state land that's being landlocked or something like that and you can flip land, that's great. This one I don't agree with because one, the pro the the properties are about five to 10 miles apart. So I'm, I question- Right, I, they're on the complete opposite side of Dayton, of the city yeah, of Dayton. So I question, you know, Columbus Peak Ranch, I think they say it is the same habitat and it's like, I would- disagree with you. Um, cause I guarantee you the hunting's not the same. Um, so the wild, you know, wildlife is not the same. And then I think the state really has to be like, there's no way that this value is the same. Cause then Columbus peak ranch has a huge chunk there in that hunting area outside Dayton. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. Cause this would, looks like it's on the way to, uh, the Tongue River Canyon, right? Mm -hmm. This land where their ranch is currently and where they're going to get this new land. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That doesn't seem 
No. Um, yeah, that was a good face there, Zach. No, exactly. And this is why the Wyoming Bowhunters Association wants to make it clear if you are a Sheridan resident or a hunter just across the state of Wyoming, the State Lands Board will have a virtual meeting May 13th, 530. So you can jump on that. You just go to the Wyoming State Lands Board. It's on there. It's on the agenda. You can yeah. join. Um you know, I did get, I was able to get a comment from Cyrus Western representative Cyrus Western. He's a, he's a big, uh, you know, big advocate for private property, um, and hunting. Yep. So, you know, um, he's a, he's a good one to ask cause he's always kind of in, in on these on what's going on. Um, he just got back from a big, long legislative session. So his comment was, Hey, he's still researching and working towards a final position, but on his first look, he has big concerns with this land exchange in its fairness for hunters. Um, so comment from uh, representative Western there, I would agree. I think looking at it, you're like, there's no way that this makes sense for the state. Right. Um, especially, you know, my big thing, Zach is we are probably going to see an increase of out of state hunters in, in people coming here in travel and tourism. Yep we cannot give up our, the most valued asset here is state land. Yeah. Can't do that. Yep. You just can't. So, um, anyway, yeah, so that's, I agree. Uh, I put this in here as local because that's Dayton Ranchester area. Yep. Um, and it's very important for our, you know, local hunters, um, to know what's going on. So, uh, before we get into state news, uh, Zach, you want to give a shout out to one of our, uh, advertisers there? Yeah. So one of our advertisers for today's episode is Alpha Graphics of Sheridan. They offer a full variety of printing needs for any business or brand, and they can help you with web design, social media marketing, and more. Give them a call today at 307-674-6277. All right, Zach, some state news. This is reported from, actually, this is from the Colorado, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, so the state of Wyoming, we did set aside $1.3 million so we can file lawsuits against uh, quote unquote green states. Like Colorado. Uh, Colorado, <laughs> uh, like Washington, Oregon, sure. you know, probably California. Um, <laughs> see, this is where, you know, my libertarian roots, I'm just like a little late guys. You know, this, I mean, are we real? like, could, couldn't that $1.3 million be used somewhere else? You know, I, I, right. Are, we're still going to fight this. Yeah. It's like you said, we're, we're a little late. Um, and, and like you're saying, like we're fighting this fight, like it, my interview with Glenn Morrell from the Wyoming energy authority, it's like, well, how about we find ways where we can convince California, look, our natural gas is zero emissions, you know, for you, you know, right. and then Texas, like they don't care, like take our coal. Yeah. So like, that's how we play the game is let's just come up with technology and, and play their little silly games. And, um, or I say we play hardball and say, guess what? You don't get any natural gas, California, right? Where are you going to get it now? They would just get it from China, but you know, whatever. Right. Um, and it's going to be, and it wouldn't be carbon neutral, you know? Yeah. It, but anyways, but I, I wonder, is this money going to existing lawsuits or just any lawsuit in the future that we might want to file from what it sounded like any future lawsuits that other States are going to go, you know, that Wyoming's going to do, you know, I mean, I guess that's a good thing, but if it's existing lawsuits, uh, get rid of those attorneys. Cause Again, like, couldn't this $1.3 million go to something else? Like, what are we doing here? Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's going to be, it might be important to use it against, like, Washington or, or Oregon because they're not going to want to export Wyoming coal. Yep. But, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, 
this this is what we're fighting for. So yeah, I, here's my thing: is we've been fighting we've been fighting Oregon and Washington for years on not exporting our coal. So it's like right. that law too late that well, and the lawsuit's not working obviously. Yeah. And you've got an administration that's not going to help you. So it's kind of like, so what are we doing here? Like, right. Um, right. They won't, they won't enforce whatever the Supreme court ends up deciding. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I think I see this need for States to band together. Yes. States to, to form coalitions, some sort of group that gives power back to the States for the States to stand up, together yep. on the things that impact them all. Yeah. Why can't the Rocky mountain States get together, you know, especially ones that export a lot of energy products and say, Hey, you know, until you guys start being realistic about, you know, real life right, and, and expectations and what you guys want, you know, no more coal coming out of Wyoming, no more natural gas coming out of Wyoming, right. no more, no more wind and solar energy that we export out of our state. Yeah. No, you guys get none of it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Um, this is from Cowboy State Daily. Um, I guess the, uh, I guess health officials are a little upset um, because Wyomingites uh, do not trust the government, which I applaud. Um, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. You, sh- you everybody should mistrust the government. Yeah. Do not trust the government. And then, you know, the, the, the health officials that they're quoting from the state of Wyoming. So, um, the national average of people that have gotten vaccinated is about 37%. I think today I saw it's 47% or 40%, which, you know, 37, 40, whatever. So, um, you know, Wyoming's at 32%. I, you know, are we really, are we really being sticklers about 8%? Cause I, cause here's the thing that I think some people don't understand Zach right now in ag business. If you're in, if you're in, in farming, ranching, you're not concerned about going to get vaccinated. Yeah. This, this is go time. This is spring and you're going into summer. Right. Um, so You've that's calving for a month. Yeah. Probably. So that's not their concern to go yeah. get a COVID test when they probably don't see anybody ever. Right. So that's number one. Um, so this is just ridiculous. I think, yeah, I it, don't trust the government. I mean, and who cares? Uh, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> you know, I haven't been vaccinated yet. I don't, I don't think I want to get vaccinated yeah. to be honest with you. Uh, especially after what just happened with this Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Yep. I, I don't, there's no reason for me to trust it. Yeah. Um, I have, I have come into COVID. I've had very close contact with somebody who's had COVID twice come through both times. Fine. Never, never got sick. Yep. Right. Did I have it? Maybe probably asymptomatic. Most likely. Yep. Uh, didn't have it. Yeah. Went about my life with precaution, washed my hands, you know, sanitized things down, but you know, Oh, I did quarantine once I had to quarantine once. Yep. Um, the other time anyway, point is, I feel pretty good about my chances against COVID. Yeah. I'll take my chances. Well, and this, and the, here's the thing is like, do you and I have done our research on it is look, you are, um, what are you? 22. Yep. You're 22. You're young. You have no underlining health conditions. Yep. That is 99.9999999. You're not, you're, you you will not have a bad experience with it. Yep. That's fact. That's, 
I don't think you cannot argue with me about that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if those other three things, if one of those three things are different, then yeah, then that's a completely different story. But you've done your research and you're like, look, this is me. And this is where this whole thing has gotten out of rise. Like there should be no, there should be no, no normal person saying no, Zach should be forced to take a vaccine. It's like, no, yep. that's his body. It's what he wants to do with it. And he's done his research. And then like you just said, you know, there's more and more stuff coming about, about these vaccines. Um, you know, and it's, you know, it does make me worry cause I've been vaccinated and then my wife's been, va- been, been vaccinated. So it's kind of like, you know, hopefully there's no side effects there, you know, for something right. that you guys forced us to do, yep. you know? Um, yep. so anyways, yeah, I, I think, I think those health officials, you know, get off your high horse. One, you guys have been wrong from day one. Yeah. Um, the goalposts have been shifting yep, since they, day one. They keep moving, they keep moving, they keep moving. Um, and I think people are getting sick of it. So yeah, anyways, absolutely. good for Wyomingites, you know, yeah. Who gives a, who gives a, don't, don't let the government guilt trip you into thinking exactly. you need to get your vaccination, you especially living your life, especially if they're not using facts. That's right. The, big the last thing. time I looked at the numbers and this was just a couple of days ago, three active cases in Sheridan County. Yep. Do you need a, do you need a vaccine for three active cases? Nope. Probably not. Yeah. And we've been wide open for about two, three weeks, four weeks, a couple it's months. It's probably been longer than that, yeah. about two months. Yeah. So anyways. Yep. Um, so this story has been developing Zach from when I put this in here. So in Uinta County, I think we talked about this back in the primaries. Um, this was reported by Cowboy State Daily. So Uinta County, the GOP party was getting, was having a lawsuit. A couple of their members were claiming that there was some illegal voting. Hmm. Um, I'm going to guess probably not under just be just strict, just strict law, you know, under the law. Yeah. You know, could have been questionable or, you know, it was during March of 2020. So there's a lot of COVID stuff going on and blah, blah, blah. Um, reported by Wildfile, um, the Wyoming Attorney General is not going to pursue it. So um, I would kind of take that as there's probably not a case here on that. Um, you know, but uh, this is, again, the GOP. It's like, guys, you, you we can't keep doing this to ourselves. One, if there was illegal voting in that primary in the party, shame on you. You know, that's this, you know, we continue to get this good old boy, you know, bad rap on the GOP. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm just reminded of that phrase, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Yep. You know, so if, if maintaining power in your county is so important to you, uh, I think you need to reevaluate your, your life goals there. Yeah. Like, like if that's what we're really concerned about right now and you went to County, it's like, geez, guys, like got some bigger fish to fry. Yeah. No kidding. But, um, all right, next up, um, you know, speaking of COVID, so this is our go poke segment. So we've had a lot of, uh, university of Wyoming, uh, Cowboys, you know, athletes on and, um, this segment, we hope to maybe, um, keep this on the university of Wyoming athletics, maybe even like state statewide athletics, um, Zach. But, um, so talking of COVID, we just talked about it a little bit early on. So the university of Wyoming Cowboys posted a video with coach bowl, you know, pretty much asking, Hey, we're going to have a season, but any fans coming to war Memorial are going to have to show proof of vaccination. Wow. 
So my first and foremost thing, because this was on Facebook and I saw all the comments, right? First and foremost to the Cowboy Nation, to, to Cowboy fans, don't attack the players in Coach Bowl. Do you really think he's the one saying, yeah, we definitely have to have our fans vaccinated. Like we got to force, you know, we got to make sure they're vaccinated. Absolutely not. All he freaking cares about and the players care about is do we get a play? Right. Right. They, I'm a coach. We will do whatever you, again, but this, we'll get into this. The rules keep changing, but you tell me what the rules are and we will do it and we will play. So we can play. Okay. So that's first and foremost, because I saw a lot of, pretty mean comments. And it's like, guys, do we really think this is coach bowl saying that's what we need to do? No, right. it's the administration. And it's the school. Yeah, okay? The school has a marketing team. Yes. That's putting this. Together. Yes. And it's probably Laramie to be real honest with you. The whole town of Laramie. Yeah. Second, if you don't want to be vaccinated. Okay. And then they're not going to let you come into the game. Guess what? You don't have to. Okay. And guess what? The, Football, the University of Wyoming football team, the university will feel it financially. I already talked to somebody that's on the board of the Cowboy Joe Club, and I told them about that, and they're like, oh, well, we're meeting next week, so we'll see how that freaking plays out with Cowboy Joe. And I'm like, I know it's going to go poorly. And they're like, yeah, that's not going to go well. Yep. I guarantee you we'll see probably in the summer, Zach, they might lift this because – Money talks. Oh, yeah. And I guarantee you if they really, if the administration in the school really wants to sit on that, be my guest. Yep. Um, I wonder, season ticket sales will probably plummet. Yep. Money talks, man. Now, here's the thing. So these rules keep changing. Okay, so if you're making fans be vaccinated onto school property, wouldn't you assume then that all students and all staff would have to be vaccinated? Right. Cause they get to go in their tuition am, am I, for them to go in. Am I, am I wrong in thinking that's your logic then? So this university of Wyoming, you should be coming out saying all our students must be vaccinated. Yep. All our staff must be vaccinated. Anytime you enter onto this university campus, you must be vaccinated. Am I crazy? I mean, if you're forcing no. fans to come to a football game. Right. No, you're pro you're probably right. Um, you're probably going to see an order for students to come back and attend online classes or in-person classes without a face mask. They're probably going to have to be vaccinated and they're probably going to drop that news right before people, you know, right after they close, mm-hmm. you know, whatever mm-hmm. it's going to, it's going to come this summer. I guarantee it. Montana, uh, MSU has said that in their interviews to us that in the fall, people are going to, their plan is to come back totally normal no masks, all in person. Um, but I've been getting text messages at least once a week from the university saying, Hey, we have vaccines for students. Come to the health yep. university health services. Yep. I got one yesterday. I think that said, Hey, if you come, we'll give you a $10 gift card to go get coffee. And then they want you to reply. Yes, no, I haven't replied to any of them, but there I'm sure we're going to see something like that where schools are going to say only if you're vaccinated. Uh, and I, uh, that just seems like a huge HIPAA violation, first of all, to ask that 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 question. Yep. Uh, that seems totally breach of private, you know, uh, of privacy. But yes. uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see some lawsuits, I'm sure, come out of that as well. Well, and so, Zach, before we move on off this, this should piss off Wyoming taxpayers. Remember, we found an additional $16 million in the budget and gave it to the university. And yep. now our university is saying, hey— 
you know, if you want to come see a state university football team game, you have to be vaccinated. That's not how this works. Yeah. You don't get to dictate what you do to the fans and to the, to the citizens of Wyoming. This is not, so this is my call to the residents of Wyoming of, we need to start speaking up to the hypocrisy that's going on in Laramie. This, you guys got it. You got 16 extra million in the, in the budget. And then you got extra federal funds. This is bullshit. You, and then now you're saying you have to be vaccinated to come watch the university of Wyoming play. And then you're probably going to ask the students to be vaccinated. This is not how it works. Yep. Yeah. Money talks. I think money again, money talk. talks, cowboy Joe club. You guys need to push back on the athletics. And then I think, I think now we keep giving money every year in the budget, but you know, Wyoming residents need to start speaking up about what, you know, they don't just get to do whatever they want because one, we can hold it hostage to them and say, well, we'll put representatives in that are going to cut the university of Wyoming funding. Right. Yeah. Uh, ridiculous. I think, I think you're absolutely right there. Um, you know, what's interesting, I think Texas was the one was the first state to open up. They had uh, spring baseball going on. Yep. You could go in to watch the game, however, you know, whatever your status was. You didn't have to be vaccinated. You didn't have to wear a mask. You could go in and watch. They had low attendance. But guess what? I mean, when you think about it in terms of COVID, that's a good thing, right? People are making the decision for themselves. You know what? I probably, I probably don't want to go. I might, yep. I might catch COVID yep. Yep. and I don't go. You, oh, weird. The, freedom of choice. Right. People, people are able to make sensible decisions for themselves. Yep. It's crazy, man. And speaking of that, so going back into some state news off our, this, that was our co- go poke. So we'll kind of talk athletics, um, state news. So on the same thread, Natrona County school district, um, I should have been kept keeping up on this. I don't know. I uh, need to, we probably need to follow the Facebook page. There's a Facebook page in Natrona County, uh, against the mask mandate in their school district. Um, and they were proposing a walkout. Um, this was reported by oil city news. Um, I would have organized this walkout Zach because they had a school board meeting just like Sheridan County did, mm-hmm. but the Natrona County school district did not let any parents speak or any students speak. They had three doctors speak, all of which I don't think any of them are on the, like the Natrona County health board, Sure, but all three of them, you know, um, have been favorable of masks, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it sounds like none of the public likes them and, and that, and I think that really pissed off the public parents and teachers of like, you're just going to let three doctors speak at a public public meeting. Yep. Um, and so anyways, there's a Facebook page there. Um, and anyways, they were planning a walkout of schools if they don't lift the mask mandate in Natrona County. Good for them. You know, I would say if, if Sheridan students had done a walkout and then they were allowed to speak like they were, I would say that that doesn't make sense to me. You had your chance to speak. They heard you, they took your considerations into, into account and they came up with a decision against what you like. Uh, I mean, you still have the right to go and do that if you want, whatever, fine. But yep. I think in this case, I would support this more considering yes. parents and students didn't have the chance to voice their opinions yep. on this. At a public, you, that's a public meeting. Yes. You are allowed to go and attend. Yep, and, the, and it sounds like the, 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 that school board structured it like these three are going to speak and that's it. And it's like, that's not how that works. Like you got to list you, you know, cause the Sheridan County one, they let about, 
I think they did a time thing. So sure. each person had an amount of time and they did, I think it was like three or five people. Right. And that's usually how those meetings go. Yeah. There's a time, a specific amount of time. You don't want just any crazy person coming in off the streets to hear them or rant about three, it. Three crazy doctors that no one respects or wants to listen to in Natrona County. Right. Um, but yeah, again, why wasn't there a time allotted for exactly so parents and students to voice their concerns yep. here? So I'm full on for that walkout. I hope Natrona County does that. Um, push them to lift the masks here. And you just mentioned Sheridan County. We've had no mask here, three cases, and I guarantee you they're not even students. So what are we doing? Yep. Um, anyways, um, Hey, big news here for property, uh, private property rights, Zach. So Senate file 157 last week, we talked about it. It was that property rights bill. Um, the governor signed it on Tuesday. So, uh, Again, a great win for private property, free markets. Um, Absolutely. Senator Biteman just texted me because he was the sponsor of the bill. Don't California my Wyoming. There's a good win for private property. So there good. we go. Yep. So good. Uh, congratulations. You know, uh, clap to uh, the governor there for signing that. Yeah. Um, April 20, and speaking of the governor, April 27th, uh, so in a couple days, the governor is traveling to D.C. and will speak in front of the Energy and Resource Committee. Um, let's see what, it, that's not going to do anything, but he's going to be protesting the uh, Bureau of Land Management pausing again the second quarter of oil and gas leases. Yep. Again, I'm going to come back to, I'm going to keep mentioning this because it needs to happen. <laughs> a coalition of states yes. against these things, yes. things that mutually benefit us. Where Where's the backbone of, of our states gone? That's the founding of our country. Yeah. Like the states having more of a say than the federal government. And whatever. History has changed. Federalism has changed throughout. It is time for federalism to switch again in favor of the states. Yep. It's got to happen. When is it going to happen? What's it got to take? Somebody out there tell us, what's it got to take? Right. Do you and I have to go out there, Aaron, you and I have to go and start a grassroots movement for this? And and, and yell from the rooftops? I mean, we've been sp saying this for months of, you know, that just him going there and speaking like, okay, great. Right. Where's, 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 uh, Montana's, I think, is it Gianforte? He needs to get over there. Yep. Right. Abbott in Texas, you need to get over there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Christy Nome, you need to go, right. Every, we need to have these people there, all of them standing up in front of the energy commissioner or whoever these, these yep. bureaucrats are yep. and, and telling them what's up. Yep. I agree. Yeah. I think, it, um, yeah, maybe, maybe it starts here at go be wild. We got to start a grassroots movement of, you know, again, well, there's article five, right? There's article five in the constitution of, of the States. Um, yeah, I don't, I want to know more if that's only for amending the constitution or if there's that's amending the constitution, yeah. but just getting that conversation of, I think people don't understand, look, the States can do, the States can make their own amendment, right? We can bypass Congress and the Senate. That's huge. Yep. And then, and then that, that right there will spark the idea of, oh, well, then all these Rocky Mountain region states, you know, energy states, right. um, you know, really red states and blue states. And it's like, well, guess what? Because I guarantee you, if we just did basic energy stuff to the blue states, red states, we'd win. You're going to feel it. Yeah. yeah. And this, uh, maybe it's a slippery slope. I don't know. But... It needs to happen. Why, why Wyoming and all these other states need to, they have a vested interest in, in a lot of things, natural gas and energy, the second amendment, first amendments rights, yep. property. I mean, we have 
vested interests in a lot of things. These states need to rally together and rally against the federal government. Now, I'm not talking violence, overthrow, whatever. I am talking mm-hmm. political action, states rallying together, making their voices heard and standing up to yep. the federal government. Yep. Well, and I'll say this to end out and we'll give get into give no ground. Maybe, maybe this political action, right, will cause that the other side, the federalist side, you know, maybe this is another civil war. Cause I mean, that, that's exact. I mean, not that I want to see that, but I think they, they are, they have moved to such a point where they won't even listen to that. Um, you know, that cause they want to take the guns away and they think they know that, well, okay, we're going to use our first amendment, right. You know, and then if states start banding together, I mean, what's the federal government going to have to do? Yep. If they don't listen, well, then, then it's, then it's come and take them. Not that I want that, but it's, 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 we're not advocating for violence of any kind, but we are saying, remember, you don't, (laughs) you don't start a coup by uh, saying uh, we're starting a coup. (laughs) I mean, but you roll that out and you look at the two paths, right? Mm -hmm. One path, the States get taken more seriously. The other path, the federal government puts their foot down and the States can't take it anymore. Right. And that's where we're leading. I think we, we honestly are leading to that. So yeah, maybe it's a grassroots effort. Yep. Um, we're going to skip over this act cause I didn't have time to look at what some of these are. Okay. Uh, just hat off to, uh, hat off to the governor for uh, middle finger to China. He has, he signed a bill supporting Taiwan, which Good. is like, yes. Good. Uh, but anyways, um, we will, um, we'll play out some music here and uh, we'll get into our give no ground. Zach. Yeah. This is our give no ground. So if you don't want to hear our opinionated stuff on some heavy issued topics, leave now, please share us out. Tell people you liked our first stuff on the give no ground, um, our state news and our, uh, local news. Um, but, uh, Zach, so today's give no ground, which one do you want to, do you want to touch both of these? Sure. So today we are going to talk about Maxine Waters. Is she representative or she's senator or a governor? She's not a governor. Okay. She's she's got to be representative then, yeah. or maybe not. Maybe not any of those. No, she's one of them because she's from California. Okay. Senator, I don't know. She's one of them. Anyways, she represents the state of California. I just <sighs> my thing is, I always do this. Say say Governor Gordon said this. Right the media would be berating him for saying, Hey, you know, you need to cause a riot. You need to cause violence. Yep. Uh, I just, <laughs> yeah. And, and if any, if anyone's listening is like, what, what are we talking about? So Maxine Waters talked about before the verdict came down on the officer of the George yep, Floyd. Derek um, Chauvin or Chauvin. Yeah. She pretty much said cause violence if it doesn't come out the way we want. That's literally what she said. Yeah. And I just can't believe that we're just like glossing over that. Cause it's like, this is impeached a president or something like that. Exactly. So it's like, what, 
just because she's black and a woman, like, what do we do? Like, I just, I just, the double standard is so real. And and then they, then they, they charge the guy with, with murder two two charges of murder. Uh, Oh, manslaughter. Yeah. Manslaughter and murder. Yep. So I'm like, I, we, we have, we have a justice system for a reason Yep. and it worked. Yep. Okay. Now some people on the far right are kind of like, Oh, well they pressured them into making that decision because they were pretty much inciting violence, which it's like, well, maybe, but let's be honest. That'll come out in the appeal. That'll be, there will be an appeal. Yes. Right. I just, let's be honest. At least it was manslaughter. Right. No other cop stopped him. That's the biggest thing on the George, George Floyd thing is no other cop standing there. Didn't stop him and say, Hey dude, we've got him. It's fine. He didn't stop. Okay. It's manslaughter. Okay. I, I will give you that. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally removed myself from every aspect of this starting last summer. Yeah. I just, I checked out. Well, but have you noticed, have you noticed? So they, they, the media, right. When this came out. So of, of course there's riots now. There's even more riots, which doesn't make any sense in cities of not in that in St. Louis. Right. So I'm like, so what are we doing? Like, we're in yeah no, cities. I don't understand. How can you live in a city and be okay with this? I just don't understand. Yeah, no, I I'm, I'm on board with that. And that's kind of where I'm leading with my point is I really, I mean, I checked out of this. I didn't follow through with the trial. Yep, I don't know yep. what evidence they presented or what I know that George Floyd was on drugs at the time. And this could have been a possible drug overdose. Sure. Um, so that, you know, changes the whole, the whole, all the facts mm-hmm. of the case. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I do not think that he got a fair trial. I don't know how you could not have a jury who goes into this yep. without some preconceived notion of guilty or innocent. Right. You know, I, I just, I don't see it. Yep. And I think that's a reflection on our justice system, right? Like you said, we have the best justice system. We, it, we do. Yes. Okay. It, it flat hands down. We trust in our justice system. That's why we, uh, honored the results of the election. We said, you know what? We trust our, our justice system. They found that the, there was no fraud or that the fraud that happened was so minimal, not, uh, not even worth really considering that we, we were like, okay, hands down. No, no, no huge voter fraud. Mm-hmm. I mean, so again, the same thing here, but uh, where am I going with this? I'm saying <laughs> we have such a, a media that's so invested in something and so invested in pushing a narrative Yep. that I don't think it's possible anymore to have no. an impartial jury. And so I, if you, you know, people want to talk about, uh, uh, law enforcement reform, I think you need to look at the media. First of all, I think media should be removed entirely until the end of a case. Right. Well, sure. Let them gather facts and stories and whatnot, but that can't be published until the case. There is a decision passed by a jury or a judge. Well, it's tricky slope, right? Cause then the, you know, it's almost a police state of, you can't share information, but well, I guess, but, but not necessarily. I mean, it would, in this case, it would come out at the end. Sure. Right. All for the sake of having a, an impartial jury. Right. I agree with you. And I, what I, what I want to lead into this and then we'll go, we'll go into our next topic is have you noticed, so this happened, right? So they controlled that narrative of look, Oh, we finally won, you know, black lives matter, you know, and George Floyd, you know, Pelosi saying, thank you for dying, George Floyd. And people are okay with her saying that. Yeah. Um, 
but now have you noticed, and then they're, they're weaning off COVID, right? Cause 40% of Americans are vaccinated. So we're almost there. Um, and the, and you know, project Veritas is coming after CNN. Well now CNN is climate crisis. Climate change is the problem. Yeah. And they literally have infographics just like COVID crisis. If, if, if you follow mainstream media, your life sucks. Sorry, it does. Cause you, like you just said, I, you removed yourself in 2020. If you've been following the media for, for a whole year and you're still following it now, you think the world's on fire. Well, you have got to be the most jaded person you, out there. You think, you think it's the end of the world, right? Yeah. Cause we, you know, you're probably believing, oh, we barely got that cop on George Floyd you know, barely. Yeah. Okay. COVID's still around. Okay. You're believing LeBron James on that other shooting, you know? Um, and then now you're like, Oh, the, the world's on fire from climate change. Yeah. If you follow mainstream media, and this is what you're getting at is if you follow mainstream media, you honestly just, you just hate your life. You just think America's the worst thing ever. You don't you, seriously like it. Cause if you do like you you don't see what they're doing to you. Yeah, um, absolutely. And that the same goes for right leaning media. Yes, you just hate the other side. Yeah, yep. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's not, a different narrative, right? right. They're, they're going to America's great, but I hate those people. Yep. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's exactly <laughs> what it is. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Because Fox News is always they're going to take your guns. Um, they're going to raise taxes, right? Yeah. Uh, they're going to take your land. You know, it's always it's it's the same stuff. So if you follow any of the mainstream media. You just hate your life. Yeah. Get away from it first off. Just get away from it. Turn it off. Don't follow it. Yeah. Um, if you want to follow somebody, follow like Project Veritas, where they're catching CNN executives pretty much admitting, eh, COVID's done. So we need to find something else that f sells fear. Right. Oh, climate. That does that. You know, uh, you know, white cop shoots black. Right. You know, racism. Yep. Yeah, racism. You know, yeah. literally on camera. So that's. Go to Project Veritas. They have the video of a CNN executive saying that. Yep. They have a lot. And and wow, surprise, CNN is doing, oh, climate, climate right. crisis. That's what they're pushing now. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways. We just had Earth Day yesterday. Yep. They control. I filled up my truck, filled up a whole uh, 20 gallons in my truck, so I felt good doing my part. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, we care about the environment. We don't, do. uh, we do. if we don't have an environment, we can't, we don't live out here. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> last one, Zach, I, I really want your thoughts on this. Yeah. So the department of education, this is official. The department of education is officially looking to incorporate culturally responsive teaching. This comes straight out of critical race theory. So the Department of Education is putting critical race theory in schools, in public schools. Um, Zach, do you want me to try and explain critical race theory? Sure. This will be very broad. I might have to look it up because it's it, this is very, um, very hard to understand and very hard to explain. Um, which is why they want to incorporate it because then it, um, you know, no one knows what it is. Yeah. Um, here's the definition uh, from Wikipedia. Critical race theory is an academic movement made up, made up of civil rights scholars and activists in the U S who seek to critically examine the law as it intersects with issues of race and to challenge mainstream liberal approaches to racial justice. 
So not really anything um, other than other than examining law, but then you have to determine how does it intersect with issues of race, um, especially when you know traditionally. Now, hold on, I should say this with there there were there were and there probably are still some laws out there that have racial undertones to it. However, you know justice and what's right has no merit to race. Okay. I think everyone can agree to that. So this is where critical race theory gets really like, you know, when they look at a law, which to some people might be like, well, there's no, there's nothing race related in that law, but then they start adding race into it. And it's like, well, hold on. Like you're, you're doing that. Like that, that's not how it reads, but then critical race theory is like, no, 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 it is though. So that's probably the best explanation I can kind of give to critical race theory. Yeah. I think my response to this is, so, I mean, okay. (laughs) And I should say this, I was going to say, neither of us are any experts on this, obviously. Yeah. Um, this, this is, this is a very hard, like I just, I read the, the description. Yeah. It's very broad and you're like, what the hell does that mean? Okay. Um, but this is the problem with them saying we're going to put it in, in public schools because now it's like, well, now you've got one teachers that probably don't understand it. Yep. Kids are not going to understand it. Um, you know, I, I watched a, a Manhattan Institute video where you had professors, doctorates talking about this. And I'm still trying to like, understand what the hell's going on. Yeah. So yeah. What's the your take? Best, Zach? The best example I could give of this. Yes. Right. And this isn't necessarily critical race theory, but it's the thinking behind that. Yes. My four years at Montana state university. Now I, I'm pretty sure almost all universities require like a diversity credit. Right. Which is fine. I, absolutely. You go to, to school to learn. Right. And part of that learning is learning about other cultures and whatnot. Okay. Totally get that. That's one class you have to fill three credits, half, you know, a semester long. You get to go and learn about something interesting. Okay. Maybe you don't find it interesting. Other people do. I totally get that. The problem is the majority of my classes at Montana state filled this diversity core, right? I'm a history education major. So I've got to learn. First of all, it's Montana and I'm Montana educator. So that means I have to fulfill a ton of native American studies courses, right? All of that. There's this underlying theme in every single course I took. And I probably took, I have four years college. Uh, so there would be eight semesters, right? Yeah. Six out of those eight semesters, I took native American studies classes. Okay. Okay. Sometimes doubled up. So at least, uh, six classes. There's this underlying theme of Americans are uh, colonists, colonizers. Colonization is, is bad, evil, whatever you name it. And sure, there's pros and cons with everything. Okay, there's always look at things in the gray, right? As, as just, uh, it's just a good rule of life. Look at things in the gray. Don't see life as black and white. Yep. There's gray. Well, that's not the way critical race theory looks at things. Okay. Yep. And that's not the way these professors who I'm sure subscribe to this sort of line of thought of critical race theory see things as well. They see it as racist and not racist or racist and anti-racist. Okay. Yep. 
So there's colonization, racist. There's no good that comes out of colonization, which is false. Uh, it just is. You look at colonization in Africa, hospitals, schools, uh, new technologies, things were brought in because of colonization. Okay. Now people died. Sure. Discrimination, racism, people died because of that. Absolutely. Okay. But you cannot negate the fact that new technologies, hospitals, right? Advanced medicine, schools, education are a bad thing. Yep. Okay. Now setting that aside, that, like I said, that's the theme that's being pushed, right? Well, and that's, and that was a great example of this, this, that's how it works. That's, so critical race theory is used like your prime example of colonization. Okay. That's yep. racist. Yep. That's what they do is that they're categorizing things, um, or ideas of law or justice. And it's like, well, that's not how that works. Cause as we've talked about those, those multiple shootings, everything is different. Yeah. Right. Every situation is different. Yep. Every person is different, but with critical race theory is like, nope. It's either you're racist or you're not racist. Right. And it's, you know, that, that's, that's not how the world works and that's not how humans work. Right. Right. And, and I mean, people can, people can fall into racist or not racist. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Actions, I think border that, right. Or these broad terms, these concepts are, are on a spectrum of, of racist to not racist or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yep. Right. Um, I had a teacher, a professor, my last semester in in the fall of this uh, this previous year. Um, she had a son. He's two years old. She showed us a picture. It was kind of you know, like the first day of class, get to know your professor kind of thing. And she showed us a picture of her son reading this book. You want to take a guess at what the book was called? I don't know. <laughs> How to be an anti-racist ah. for babies. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> He's two. The kid is two. If that kid can read one full page of that book, I would be impressed. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't know what any of that means. Yep. He doesn't know, right? There's critical race theory. I'm sure she she subscribes to this critical race theory project, 1619 project. I am absolutely sure. Absolutely. If you're making your two-year-old yeah. try and read that. And that, if that's not just pure indoctrination, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, the majority of my class kind of saw through this. And so we were able to, you know, kind of toe the line with her. And she was very respectful of our side. I mean, she, you have to know that being in Montana, people are going to be more right-leaning. Yep. Okay? Now the university, you're going to have a more mix. But anyway, she was very respectful of that. But that's an example of this where people fall into this critical race theory. Yep. Uh, and that I don't think has any room in our schools. Because no. here's the thing. As an educator, you ask any educator, hopefully their answers are the same. I came into teaching because I care about the kids. Regardless of who they are, I care about the kids. They don't say I care about the white kids, right? They don't say I only care about the high-achieving white kids, right? I don't care about the high-achieving white, straight, Christian white kids. Yeah. White's in there twice because yeah. <laughs> it's important, right? Yeah. <laughs> Under this critical race theory, if we're seeing things in black and white. Yep. They say, I care about the kids. I want every kid to succeed. Personally, my my goal, if they learn history, that's great. That's awesome. Yep. Right? If they learn the history skills, even better. But if they come out of my class a better person than they did when they first came in, that's what I care about the most. Yes. I said this in my interview. I said this, uh, just the, my why. We talked about what's our why, what's our purpose at the beginning of this episode. Yep. My why as a teacher is to create good men and women who are going to go out and serve their community. Mm-hmm. Right. That's similar language to what you and I have heard for most of our lives. Yep. 
Yep. Okay. We have certain people we can point to who say they they led they you know they led by example. They helped us to to buy into that mentality. Right. Um. Hopefully, every teacher you come across and ask them that that's why. Right. I did have a student ask me, "How can you go through twelve years of of public school to go get four <laughs> more years of college to return for, and have a career in public school?" I said, "Because I care about you guys." Yep. <sighs> Critical race theory shouldn't shouldn't exist. It shouldn't be a thing in our schools. Every teacher cares about their student going and succeeding. Yep. Okay. Now, if you want to talk about curriculum that covers these these different narratives, sure. But that should be on you, the teacher. Yep. Okay. If you have a problem with that, talk to your state about having more freedom over building your curriculum. Anyway, there's my soapbox. Yeah. No, that's great because because that's exactly you hit on something there right at the end. The state. Again, this why why does this have to come from the federal department of education? Right. Okay. So if you're if you're telling me there's a problem in New York, okay, c- cool. That's your problem. Okay. You come out here into Sheridan and tell me if the, if anyone out here is is racist. Yeah. Okay. You know that. So I'm half Asian. Okay. Yeah. You know it, it, this. The whole thing about race for me is I heard this from Candace Owens. You're telling me, you know, cause she's a black woman. So her always, her thing is always, you're telling me my life is harder than my dad, than my parents. She's like, no, she's like, that's completely bonkers. Right. Yeah. I use the same example with my mom. I'm like, you're going to tell me my life is harder than an Asian woman in Wyoming trying to be a lawyer. Yeah. Get out of town. Yeah. That's a, he, so this, this, this whole, the, it's this, this whole indoctrination, like you said, of, you know, we're going to teach our young about it is like, no, it doesn't need to be. And we were, what was that? What was that uh, teacher, uh, that did that test where she did green and blue, um, psychology test. You remember that? What is that? Ah, frick. Oh no, I don't. Um, that proved it. Cause she said, Hey, you're, you're the blue sticker kids or it was blue eyed, brown, brown eyes. Okay. You remember that? Okay. Um, Vaguely where she said, well, the brown eyed people are better than you. And then, and then she flip flopped it for a day. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's exactly what would happen if we did critical race theory. Right. Okay, almost, almost exactly what would happen, right? You're, you're, you are dividing the kids saying, Hey, you're putting the emphasis on a specific group of people. Exactly. She proved it. That was back like in freaking the eighties or the seventies. Yeah. We do not need this in schools. Yeah. Right. Like what you just said, we just need teachers that, Hey, I care about the kids and that's all I care about. Yeah. Um, I th- I want to add one more thing because critical race theory can be looked at d- two different ways, right? Teachers becoming anti-racist and, and looking at how they uh, uh, evaluate and teach students based on their, uh, race, gender, ethnicity, whatever. Sure. And then what they're teaching content wise, I think is the other part of, of the 1619 critical race theory project. <laughs> If you have a problem with your curriculum, that is voted on by us. Yep. Right? At least it is in Wyoming. You can sit in on the curriculum that's being decided. Okay? So if you have a problem with that, you can go and voice it. Yep. Now, I don't know. Again, we we are incredibly fortunate to be here in Sheridan to have teachers who care about teaching their students the way that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I, you know, I don't want people to hear what I said earlier about history and, and you know, I care that my students learn history. I love history. I want them to love history as well. Yep. And with that, you have to tell the dark sides of history. Yes. Okay? Absolutely. And we do a good job of that. You're not giving any benefit to these kids by holding that history back. Yep. Exactly. I don't know any teacher worth their salt that's doing that. 
So again, it's important and people are doing it already. They're saying, look, there, there's some shady stuff that has happened in our history. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, I guess no, step down off of it. <laughs> we, we, well, and we, th- this one is a hard topic and I think maybe we'll come back to this more cause it's, it's, um, you know, we read the description and it's kind of like, I don't know what that means, but, and, and, and this is how they're getting it by is they're using, Oh, culturally responsive teaching. It's like, what, what the heck does that mean? Yeah. You know, this is what it means. So, um, you know, anyway, so if you've been listening all the way through, you know, that was our give no ground, um, kind of a long one today. Remember the big, the big stories we hit on was, um, May 13th, um, the state lands board, they're going to talk about the Columbus peak ranch, um, Columbus peak ranch land trade. That's a huge one. Um, don't trust the government. Um, if you're part of the Cowboy Joe Club, call call up your representatives and say don't give any money to the university. Um, let's see. Cowboy Ethics, stay true to who you are. Remember, go be wild. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>